Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the book of Joshua. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel at Shechem, summoning their elders, their leaders, their judges, and their officers. When they stood in ranks before God, Joshua addressed all the people. If it does not please you to serve the Lord, decide today whom you will serve. The gods your father served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose country you are now dwelling. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord for the service of other gods. For it was the Lord our God who brought us up and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt, out of the state of slavery. He performed those great miracles before our very eyes and protected us along our entire journey and among the peoples through whom we passed. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. The Lord has eyes for the just and ears for their cry. The Lord confronts the evildoers to destroy remembrance of them from the earth. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. When the just cry out, the Lord hears them, and from all their distress he rescues them. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and to those who are crushed in spirit he saves. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Many are the troubles of the just one, but out of them all the Lord delivers him. He watches over all his bones. Not one of them shall be broken. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of his wife, just as Christ is head of the church. He himself the Savior of the body. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives shall be subordinate to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So also husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one hates his own flesh, but rather nourishes and cherishes it, even as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak in reference to Christ and the church. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Many of Jesus' disciples who were listening said, This is hard. 
who can accept it? Since Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this, he said to them, Does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, while the flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones who would not believe and the one who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Jesus then said to the twelve, Do you also want to leave? Simon Peter answered him, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, on this 21st Sunday in Ordinary Time, just a reminder to our listeners who have maybe missed this uh, past couple weeks, uh, we are now podcasting. You can grab us on matradayradio.com, go down to our um, show and click subscribe, or you can go to your podcasting uh, app of choice, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Overcast, Look us up on Sunday Commentary Matra Day and follow us. Tell your friends. <laughs> so, so anyway, it's a great opportunity, I think, for to expand our reach of bringing Christ to people. Um, also, this is our exciting conclusion to the Bread of Life Discourse. We did take a little bit of a break from the Assumption last Sunday. Now we've got to that uh, Bread of Life Discourse and its exciting conclusion with all of its twists and turns. Um, but we're going to start in the first reading from Joshua today. Just a little bit of a background. Um, might remember Moses had died because he was not allowed into the promised land. And now we see Joshua leading the Israeli people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, this is just after Joshua was appointed to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River into the promised land because, of course, Moses knew that he wasn't going to be making that journey. And the reading begins with some very challenging words spoken by Joshua, their new leader. And he told the people, that it was time to make a choice, serve the one true God, the God of Abraham, or separate from the community and worship the pagan gods of the Amorites and go and live in sin. Exactly. And this is a huge decision, right? This is decision time, folks. Decide today whom you will serve. And this decision, I think, really fundamentally shaped their lives. And today it shapes our lives. It shapes how we view life, how we view people, public policy, death really our entire worldview, how we engage in the world is decided by who we serve, right? Everyone in the end worships something. <laughs> Person in Jesus Christ, some people may worship money or some may worship power. This is what orients your life. By us serving and deciding to, to uh, follow Christ, this really sets how we engage in the world. And these are decisions that we make every day. And this is why it's so important to do a daily exam, you know, to think about, okay, because it helps us to get back on track. Okay, so I did this. That wasn't a good decision. Okay, so I'm, I'm now aware of it. I'm conscious of it and need to get back in track and also regularly participating in the sacrament of confession. Yeah, we really do, I think, need to make that daily decision to recommit 
our prayers, our joys, our works, our sufferings, offer them up to the Lord. Because if we can do that, we can build that habit, that habit of virtue, can't and we? Get back on track when we when we get yes. off course a bit. We, we all do. Yes. <laughs> and talking about getting off track, right? Remember the Jews originally complained at the beginning of the month about being taken out of Egypt. And yet now that they've been wandering in the desert for all those 40 years, they answer, Far be it for us to forsake the Lord. What a beautiful difference in attitude between when they went into the desert and when they came out of the desert. That was their journey. And it's it's a beautiful, I guess, uh, example or an analogy on how we also have our journey when we leave sin behind and embrace Christ and virtue. How important that is. And sometimes God does take us through that desert to give us an opportunity to shed the things that we need to shed. Yes. And reevaluate. That's that's very true. And not Mm -hmm. of all of it's easy. Sometimes it's painful, right? Very (laughs) painful. Some of the scriptures we come across sometimes are hard to understand. Um, And much like the second reading today, we have a beloved Ephesians 5, but often misunderstood reading, don't we? (laughs) Oh, misunderstood, taken out of context, really a used and abused one, isn't it? This reading isn't intended to belittle women, especially wives, or to make them feel lesser than who they are, which is equal to men and especially equal partners with their husbands. In fact, I see this as being an even greater challenge, a call to challenge men. St. Paul says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her. That means loving her unconditionally, sacrificing everything for her, even taking upon himself any blame or punishment that should rightly go to her because that's how Christ loves the church. Paul writes these words to couples who are joined in a Christian marriage, and in no way is he condoning for either husband or wife to violate their marriage vows. And remember also that these words are intended for those who already know God and are trying their best to live faithfully in a Christian sacramental union. Oh, yeah, and how important that is. And, and not only that, but I think about the words that are used here. You know, you think about obey, right? Obey means to listen to. Sure. Right. Submit. Boy, you think of that maybe a negative context, but to submit means to be sub under and mit mission. So you mm-hmm. need to be under the mission of the husband. And I think you're exactly right. It's really a call, I think, for husbands to step up and be the protector, be the spiritual leader of the family, because it's so important to have a rightly formed family. And, and we see so many societal ills that happen if the men don't step up and do that. And, and for men, I want to encourage you. I think it was, is it Matthew Kelly maybe who talked about the four rings of marriage, right? The first ring is the engagement ring. Uh, then you have the two wedding rings. And then the fourth one, which men really don't want to listen to, is the suffer ring. Yes, that's <laughs> right? an important one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, we're not into that very much, are we? But uh, <laughs> we have to embrace that in order yeah. to become a godly man. We have to embrace that because... That's the cross, I think, that leads us to joy, ultimate mm-hmm. joy, and, and yes. it really how important that is. So, and, and I want to remind people, you know, this, you know, the Bible's not a pick and choose sort of thing, right? So if we choose to fight against Scripture, if we choose to fight against these commands, we are actually rebelling against God. So we need to make sure that we take this very seriously, but with joy, on our roles within the family. And and remember, as you were kind of mentioning with marriage, this is a permanent covenant that we have here. And, you know, we can't, I love the, the idea, you know, what man, man cannot separate what God has joined. The two shall become one flesh. And and when you think about this, the, the blessing that we receive from marriage 
is, you know, God most often blesses many marriages with children. I want to remind parents, and especially the fathers, that we have the primordial and unalienable right to educate our children. Primordial meaning it's a first priority, and unalienable means that we can, it cannot be taken away from us. We have to educate our children. We have the responsibility for making that decision to raise our children, much like Joshua says, uh, you know, we will serve the Lord. We have to educate our children, and if we choose to not homeschool our children ourselves. We choose to let others educate them. We better know what's being taught to those children. Do not let anyone just dump garbage into your children's mind. How important it is for us to rightly educate our children. Well, finally, we move into the gospel. Again, the exciting conclusion here, (laughs) Carla, what do we have here? (laughs) Well, I'm going to focus on one particular line here of, of John's gospel, and this seals the fate for many of Jesus's disciples. It's chapter six, verse 66. And in case you haven't picked up on it yet, that's John <laughs> 666. There you okay. Go. So the line is this, as a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. It is with that same refusal to believe that many people are prevented from finding salvation today. And for most people, it really comes from a place of fear. These people are, we talked about this last week, the week before. It might be a fear of what others think. It might be a fear of what being a disciple means. It might mean that the changes are going to happen. And 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 some of those changes are so drastic, it's going to really upset my lifestyle. It's going to make me uncomfortable. It could also be fear of just not being able to measure up to God's standards. And for others, it might just be a stubborn refusal to change yeah so in the end many of the disciples returned to their former way of life they rejected christ and christ asked asked uh, the 12 do you also want to leave peter's answer needs to be our answer master to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life Amen. amen you've been listening to sunday commentary with kevin doran and carla wehrman Produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. <laughs>